Hello and welcome to another episode of the American Revolution. I am your host, Jamal, and today with me, I have all of my co-hosts who are my regulars. Love you guys. This is awesome. I have Mike, Brian, David, and Nick. Hope you guys are doing well. Let's just jump right into it today. I will say this. Um, I did see something today that kind of inspired me, and I read a little article about it. Um, Angela Davis, who is somebody who I respect. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Angela Davis is in the mm-hmm. chat. Um, Angela Davis uh, had said that she's going to be voting for Biden. Um, and she's like, not with the narrative that Diddy and all of them are pushing about withholding the vote. Like, she understands the situation as it is. These are the, these are the um, candidates that we have available. And if we had better options, then she would vote for them, but we don't. So, like, she's not going to risk, like, having four more years of Trump. So she's willing to vote for Biden. Listen, I understand Angela Davis, and I'm happy for her. I'm going to vote for Biden, most likely. But unfortunately, it's not because of a great fear. of. It's not because I believe in him. And the thing is, it's just so sad now that I don't even want to vote. Like, they both mm-hmm. suck. Like, I really don't. Like, if it, if it really was to the point that I could trust America to make the right decision, I would just not vote at all. Or I would vote for a whole different person. Because it's just so bad that this two-party system really sucks. Bro, he can't even, he can't even identify with the fact that um, uh, immunity on police officers is wrong. Even after everything that's happened, he still believes that immune, immunity for police is right. How, Sway? In what world, how and what way is it still right that you're allowed to kill someone before the jury has committed that they are guilty? Like, come on. For crimes that don't even make sense to kill them for. Speeding, a red light, a freaking uh, a broken taillight. Um, what was the other dumb shit? Having a hoodie on, walking with Skittles, like uh, having a toy gun. Like, come on. Like, all this stuff that people get killed for, for nothing, and you can't even affect the fact, uh, admit, admit the fact that they need to stop having immunity so they could go to damn jail? Like, everyone else that kills someone? Like, come on. And I'm so, supposed to vote for this man? And That's very true. Yeah, I saw that, too, that his son was... Uh... But, <laughs> kind of switching gears, just a little bit, and hear me out. What do you guys think about the system we have in place to vote for president right now? Oh, it's a joke. Okay. Oh, we we do that, man. Like what system? Know, Word. It's 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 an oligarchy at at its core, and we've been talking about like I know people have been talking about for a while. Dudes like Cornell West have you know what I'm saying spent a lot of time bringing attention to like the fact that uh, corporations own this this government and um and like basically run everything and um so when you got folks like you know mcdonald's and 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 wendy's and and nike even uh supporting the trump administration it's kind of like you know how much money they've made uh with this presidency and you know what i'm saying at the at what cost uh it, it was and like right now like i said like the the average person is at the most risk to die over some bullshit than they've ever been in the last like fucking 20 years and I'm including the Obama administration and a uh, part of uh, the Bush administration, uh, specifically the second part of his administration after 9/11, or right right before 9/11. Right. 
I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm bringing all that, you know, and just to speak to that uh, idea, uh, like I was about to tell you, Dave, Miss Davis basically had said uh, she doesn't see this election as being about choosing a candidate who will be able to lead us in the right direction. Uh, it will be about choosing a candidate who can most be, uh, can be most effectively pressured into allowing uh, more space for evolving anti-racist movements. Biden is very problematic in many ways, not only in terms of his past and the role that he played in pushing towards mass incarceration, but he has indicated that uh, he is opposed to disbanding the police, and this is uh, and this is definitely uh, what we need. So, I believe, like she believes, that if people like Sanders who decide to stay, like you know, he he himself isn't exactly about uh, defunding or abolishing the police either, but. People like Sanders uh, and uh, Alexander Acosta, like folks like that, are going to be in his ear and kind of like pressuring like the more um, for the people style votes. And let me tell you something about uh, AOC. Um, if there is any hope to get back to some sort of semblance of a democracy that does reflect the people that this country is uh, supposed to be serving, um, it's going to rest in her and, and her generation of uh, senators and stuff like that that move on to higher positions. We got to protect that uh, shit. I, so I personally love AOC. I think she's awesome. Um, and I hate to tell you guys, but I think no matter what, um, I think Trump is going to win, unfortunately, because people are scared that Biden is going to forget things. People are scared that Biden isn't going to know how to do things. And I personally, I like Biden. I like Biden. Or let me, let me rephrase that. I did like Biden when he was vice president for for uh, President Obama, and um, I thought he was he was really good vice president. I'm seeing now him running for president a different side, but I'm definitely going to vote for Biden over Trump. I mean, that's not even a question. But like David was talking it is about, a you know, uh, it is that's the sad part. It's a question. Like to some people's minds, is actually a question. But if everyone didn't go out and vote, then where would we be? Honestly, what I said, too, is that I wish that we would have a historic low voting so it would be stupid and how they judge it. Because if only 40,000 people went out to vote, you know how retarded it would look? And it will be the greatest revolution ever to have (laughs) for that to happen. But here's the thing, though. Even that doesn't matter. Because you're voting for a person that's going to pick the president. You're not voting for the president. It doesn't matter. In other words, if if the, if the four of us here were voting, right? And I voted for the person who's supposed to vote. Or Brian and I voted for the person who's supposed to vote for Trump. And Dave, you and Mike voted for the person who's supposed to vote for Biden. And the person who's supposed to vote for Biden changes his mind. Well, guess what? Trump's president. So until However, I will, I will say historically, I, I beg to differ, brother. I was going to say, yeah, Dave. I was going to say historically. However, the Electoral College has voted for usually the popular vote of the state. Historically. Now, is that fake data? I don't know. But data wise, fact wise, they have voted for what the popular vote of the state has voted for. However, if we were to really do this the right way, popular votes overall would choose a different candidate most of the time. And that's where I feel the Electoral College is wrong, period. Because the problem is, to me, is that 
back in the day when that system was made, it was made for a purpose. The purpose was, you know, certain states have more people in it or certain states have more power in it. You know, so you gave a certain amount of there and a certain amount here to make everything equal. But nowadays, everyone's everywhere. You could definitely have a bunch of people vote all together <laughs> and choose a better candidate than doing electoral college. There's no point in it no more. No other no other place has anything close to it. We're the only dumbasses that still use it. So uh, at this point, I'd rather try to vote and at least feel like I did something. Even though my more important thing for people to realize is to vote for Senate, vote for your local people, and vote for those people. Those are more important than the president anyway, if we're going to bring up that. Well, that's what I was going to say. People like, don't go out and vote for that. That's the problem. That's the They, need, they need to. And, and that those are, those are all real elections. Cause those but are yeah, but to speak vote. to your point before, Jamal, like that's how you change and that's how you make your vote matter in the larger elections is making sure that the right people are representing you. So if you're not voting in those smaller elections, then you're doing yourself a detriment. The reason why voting doesn't work in our favor is because we're not voting in those local elections. We're not voting in um, our favor for um, what's called representatives that represent the, the people and saying that's what ends up happening. So you will have a bunch of like business people disguised as uh, politicians uh, enforcing like, you know what I'm saying, the, 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 the needs of, of, of the rich elite as opposed to the, you know saying, the majority of the people, which is like, you know what I'm saying, everyone else. So like, you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. The Democratic uh, primary for Baltimore uh, in Baltimore County in uh, 2018, that was won by 17 votes. Uh, in 2017, uh, Virginia House of Delegates race ended in a tie for almost 23,000 votes casted. Uh, the, the tie was broken by pulling a name placed in the film canister out of a bowl. Republican David Yancey was declared the winner. The result was heightened by the fact that the win gave Republicans control of the state house by one single seat. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, can, I completely agree with that. I, Hundred percent agree. I'm not going against it, and that's I. The point I'm just making is, in the even though historically it's accurate who the electoral college votes for, they can change the at any point. They can change their mind at any point. They right? should have so done that to. in the Trump vote. Um, to be real, for the one time they should have took that power and used it the right way. They should have voted the opposite way. If you I was to, one of them, I would have done it. I would have been like, nah, my vote goes to someone else. <laughs> Y'all kiss right, my ass. Like, Who's to say that? Like, I agree with you, like, what you said. If the right people are in place, then the right people will get elected president. But if the, the wrong people, if the wrong people are in place, if these people can be brought out, if these people have no morals, if these people stand with someone on the other party, they're just going to vote for who they, who they want. That's it. There's nothing you can do about it. So there's a lot more that goes into it than what I said, but what I said is still accurate. Just as accurate as what you guys said. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, my main point is at least vote local. If you vote local, I'm happy with you. Like, you can you vote local and not vote for your president. I'd be like, sure, go for it. Because at right. the end of the day, like, at least you voted local and you voted for your senator and stuff like mm -hmm. that. That's more important to me anyway. Now, but if you don't vote for your president, by all means, go off. Because I, I can understand why you got two, you got you got you literally got Beavis and Butthead running against each other this election. That's how I feel in every way, shape, and form. You got Beavis and Butthead. Only that Butthead, you know, has an orange wig and you know just goes a little bit more off than Beavis. But Beavis is just as bad because the dude can't forget if he's running for president or senator. 
Like, <laughs> so it's it's really bad. Like, this is like the worst election ever. Like, but everybody's gonna vote because of the fact that if you really don't like Trump, you're gonna go. Oh, I'll, I never call him Trump. Sorry, it's the orange man. If you don't like the orange man, then you you know you're gonna vote against him. And if you do like the orange man, you're gonna vote for him. But it's not voting about oh, I love Biden's practices and that he's a great guy. It's nowhere close to that. It's like there's really, no like. There's no there's losing no this election, bro. There's no, there's no losing this election in 2020, there's, though. And let me no tell you why. No, there's, we there's lose a, either way. I, it's the way just I we look lose it, less. We just lose less with Biden, like we, but we still lose. Right. I feel like we know what's going to have to happen. Either Biden slows down something, or he, or 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 Trump, if he, God forbid, does get it, um, he he quickens something. But that looks like the response from the people. The people are not going to sit for another four years of Trump. I guarantee you the conversation is going to change about what um, uh, engaging this particular threat looks like. And um, I feel like more and more people are getting down with that. Like there are a lot of like, you know, I guess propaganda, I guess, that insists that we kind of go down this particular road. Now, is it propaganda? Gentlemen, it's kind of like what we're going to see in these next few years. Is it literally propaganda that's like propelling our, our, our thoughts and our hearts and putting us in a situation where, like you know I'm saying, we're lacking um, opportunity or rather options and it's feeling like our back is against the wall? Like, how do we necessarily respond to such like dire threats that isn't, you know, what I'm saying uh, a risk to our own, like, you know, what I'm saying self and the people that we care about? Like, is and is that risk going to seem like going to be worth it? Because at the end of the day, like Jamal is saying, like, you know, at, at some point they're going to trample over certain civil liberties that we're not going to be so inclined to kind of give up. Mm-hmm. So if we do get to that point and we get like an, uh, another four years of Trump, I do believe the response is going to reflect like something a little bit more in line with what should happen in those situations that reflect our second amendment and what they uh, seem to forget every time they just talk about the right to bear arms, but they forget to add the rest of that, uh, that particular piece and to form a militia against, you know what I'm saying, tyranny. That's and true. what we're seeing is tyranny. And now if we get Biden in there and Biden turns out to shape out to be no different than what we have with Trump, well then all that's doing is just prolonging or like, you know what I'm saying, like this like postponing. The, the inevitable. Yes, postponing the inevitable. That just means that we're not going to do it in November. We might just wild out in, like, you know, saying January. I I don't know. I see Trump winning again only because I see a shit ton of voter suppression happening. Yes, I do too. I feel like I feel like I feel like even if we were going out to vote, like the problem would be that they won't even let us in some type of way. And COVID happening count. and all this other stuff happening. It only lets them win better. Because the only people who'd be stupid enough to stand online for five hours next to each other is not gonna be us. Like Yeah. I do know that Trump's approval rating went down by a bunch of people and everything. And my thought when all this first started was that Trump wanted everything open and wanted everything to go back to normal because he figured if COVID was such a big thing come November they would postpone the election. He would be able to be a president for another year and, you know, get his approval back and all that stuff, get the economy back. So that's what I thought he was trying to do during this whole thing. But I've never felt the, uh, the same way that I like when Obama was president, I felt a lot better. 
um, about everything. And now I just feel like everything, everyone's on their toes. Everyone's on thin ice. Everyone's, it's just, it's totally different. So. I'm dead. All I know is that Mr. President is going to go out of his way to make sure the communities that would make the most change won't have the ability to do the votes that they want. Um, or they won't have the access to, to vote. Now, mm-hmm. I know my wife already went and signed up for our absentee votes and all that stuff. So, you know, obviously people are still trying to push so voting can still happen. But I still, I see a lot of tampering and there's, there's going to be some kind of a scandal. There's going to be something to stop black and brown people from voting. This whole scandal, like, there's already shit going on on uh, out right now in uh, Atlanta and Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia rather than Alabama. They they they've done a, a massive amount of like uh, closing of sites and stuff like that. I believe in Georgia they like they shut down like uh, like over like 140 different sites to vote. And over 80 percent of them were in what areas? Take a wild guess, like your best mm-hmm. guess you could come out with. Right, like, like, exactly. like, just, just your wildest guess. Like, uh, you know, Brian, go for it. Let's hear your guess. <laughs> it's what was the question? <laughs> I said, and what? And okay, eighty percent of what regions of the region of Atlanta was voter suppressed at at, a, at the eighty percent mark. Which part of the of Georgia do you think was uh, messed with? <laughs> Listen, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't know geography at all, so I would have no clue to answer that question. Not, oh well, well, let me tell you, it's easy. You can just say where they're all the minorities. The answer yep. is where. All oh, the oh, okay. Are I thought you were saying by like like sit like an actual city or no, 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 no. I just oh, mean okay. overall is where all the minorities live for 500. Uh, oh, you won 500. Just for saying all the minorities. Thank you very much for playing. Because <laughs> like, it's just never retarded. About um, the Kansas, uh, the rest of Kansas <clears throat> committing voter fraud. Like, this shit is a joke. Like, In June, I'm looking at an article right now about it from June 20 to 2020. Uh, it says. Georgia is now ground zero for voter suppression. Uh, the state's largest newspaper summed up the crisis in the morning after Tuesday's primary election in the state uh, descended into chaos. Complete meltdown, Kristen Clark, the president of, uh, and executive director of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights uh, Under Law, to uh, tick off the evidence of a system that is failing voters. Now, functioning machines, long lines, polling sites that open late, and insufficient numbers of uh, backup paper ballots in Georgia. Uh, Latasha Brown, the co-founder of the Black Voters Matter, uh, tweeted earlier Wednesday morning, Georgia's election was a, uh, were a hot mess. Last voter walked out at 12.37 a.m. in Union City. Brown and her group uh, provided support for voters who waited five or more hours to cast ballots in predominantly African-American precincts, uh, while noting that in suburban precincts there were fewer lines, referring to the stark disparity, she said. Uh, I come over to this suburban uh, polling place and white folks are strolling in on my, on my side of town where brought stadium chairs. 
Uh, LeBron James went to the heart of the matter, uh, observing amid Tuesday's troubles. Everyone talking about how do we fix this? They say, go out and vote. Uh, what about asking if uh, we, how we vote is uh, also structurally racist? Uh, the Georgia primary is such a fiasco, such an overwhelming affront to the basic premises of American democracy that it cries out for a response. Uh, but that response cannot end in uh, one state. Uh, and we'll, uh, yeah, I don't want to keep going. Um, point is, like, that was just in June, man. Uh, they're talking about all types of, like, issues with machines, not enough paper to back up paper ballots, like, places being closed, and then the fact that in white neighborhoods, the, there aren't even lines, practically, they're saying, and that people are just getting in and out and going about their day, you know, whereas, like, black folk and Hispanic folk in, in, in predominantly black areas are getting fucking stadium chairs while they wait on, like, five-hour lines. Said so the last person left at 12.37 a.m. at a Union City. Let's See, I'm guess I'm confused how different people report on the voting and the voting suppression um, suppression because I feel like so from the gist of of this conversation, you know, they're they obviously don't you know they're saying that they don't want them to vote any minorities, but then you also hear that minorities don't make up as much as a population as the white f- folks. So, and then you he- also hear that most minorities don't go out and vote. So I don't get why they would want to try to stop voting if those are the things I'm, I'm just saying these are the things that they say. Um, like you hear so many politicians say, you know, right. enough uh, minorities don't vote and enough minorities, you know, don't feel that they should vote. So the fact that they come out and make blatant statements like that and then they're like, oh, we don't want them voting or like he said, make it difficult for them to vote it just doesn't make sense to me it feels like it's right. like can i, I just know. tell you that sure. union city's um uh, population the, the population is 80 87 percent black or african-american that's one city though yeah but that one city could change the whole vote in the whole state and that like, one city is reflective of many cities in that state man so look so look besides the fact that okay you're saying people don't want to vote that's the rumor right Here's the problem with that. People do want to vote. The problem is that when you do, when you, especially nowadays, because before, you're right, it was a problem. A lot of people didn't believe in voting. You know, it's still that narrative to this day. You know, voting doesn't change anything, so why should I go out my way and do it? You know, you're like blase, women blase. too. And, oh well, well, I wouldn't say women because women actually, I think at one time actually voted higher than men, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh really? But, Yes, yeah. women let like women when the, when it came to the 2016 election, women came out in droves, and in fact, yeah, they said yeah, that. she voted more than the men. So no, I would I wouldn't say woman, but oh, um, wow. that's another story. But uh, overall, though, you gotta realize something: when people did want to go vote, which has been happening more recently, because people have realized what voting could do, especially when Obama went into power and actually saw a black man there, it actually did start a little bit of a revolution to vote. There was a lot of voting turnout. There's a lot of voting that actually went into place for people to vote and actually go and do it. The problem was that that's when a lot of the suppressing went even harder. So they always kept out of nowhere. They started closing more and more polling sites. And every year it gets worse. Like it's always less and less. This year they try to blame it on COVID. But to be real, they probably were going to close some anyway. 
It wasn't even about COVID. It's just overall stopping the voting from happening. And then the crazy part is now I go to vote for my first time. You know, I told my job, all right, look, I'm going to go vote. I'll be back in an hour or two. I'm on a four or five hour line. What you think I'm choosing, my job or the, the vote that day? Like, you know, to be frank, you know, of course, I'm going to go back to my job because I need my job, you know. So now the crazy part is that people don't know is that your job is supposed to give you up to five hours off just to go vote. Well, in New York, anyway, I don't know how it is in other states, but in New York, you're supposed to get five hours off and to be able to go to vote. But most most jobs will not tell you that that that's your right or something you're able to do. Like, and I hope um, if you do, if you didn't know that, you look it up and make sure you know that is your right. You have up to five hours of your day, that voting day, to go and vote. Like, and it could be for any election. Could, but couldn't they the come and one. say, couldn't they come and say, well, polls are open till eight, you get done at five, so you have time after work to do it? No, because the problem is that that is the law you have to you have the right to go and vote <laughs> you're supposed to have time off to go and vote it's part of the law in new york state now again i I'm, i know the state law i don't know if it's part of it's a universal law but i do know in new yeah york i'm gonna state, have to look it up for pa yeah look it up for your state but i'm pretty sure it's almost every state that has that law intact you are allowed to take off time from work and to go vote and they cannot deny you. And if they do, by all means, you're more than welcome to sue. Like, it's yeah, a big thing. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and a lot of people don't. So they're all afraid, thinking that they have to go to work or else they get fired because they didn't show up or something. But the reality is they can't even get at you for that day. They mm-hmm. can get at you if you don't show up at all. But if you show up late, it's supposed to be like, where were you? Oh, I was at the voting place. It just took forever. Oh, okay. Like, and it's sad. It's a sad reality, but that most people don't know about that law. And now, and again, it, I'm pretty sure it's in all the states, but again, I only know about it from New York. So don't quote me for everywhere, but New York is definitely there. So imagine that. That's only one part of it. And now the other thing is that I have to drive out my way because all the polling places around me close. I got to drive to a whole nother part of the state or maybe a whole nother city just to vote for my town, which is like 20 minutes away or 30 minutes away. On top of the fact that I don't know that I could take off time from work. Like, I just want to speak to, to the point that he made before about how do we know that this is a reflective of other cities. Um, This is an article I'm reading on The Atlantic right now. Some people waited for more than three hours to vote. Others left uh, before casting their ballots. Georgia's meltdown was not an anomaly. The 2020 primary began with a malfunctioning app in in the Iowa caucus, rendering the first in the nation contest mute. Um, One uh, one month later on Super Tuesday, voters met hours-long waits in Los Angeles, Houston, Dallas, and Sacramento. Another month had passed. Thousands of Americans were dying of COVID virus, and state officials uh, began canceling primaries. Wisconsin state legislator forces uh, April primary through anyway. Milwaukee voters stood in um, mass in the hailstorm, uh, waiting to vote at just one of five polling places. Any other year, they would have seen 180 voting locations. So, bro, this is a this is a widespread effort, and of anything. The unfortunate truth is, COVID is giving people the excuse to even uh, to shut down even more sites. Yeah, it's basically like I said, it's all part of the game plan. 
And like you said, like, um, you know, it's just they've been doing it for so long that no one really realized. But now there's so many little pole places. Even in New York, even in New York, I've noticed, like in the Bronx, there was about 30 or 40. Now there's only 20 out of nowhere in the Bronx. Like, and the Bronx is, even though it looks small, it's pretty big. Like, so you got a lot of people who don't drive having to somehow go somewhere else to try to vote when they didn't have to do that before. They could have went across the street even sometimes. Like, so it really does make up the tour to people who do want to vote. How do I vote if I, and then how many people know about absentee ballots? Not many. How many people know about, um, you know, being able to take off time for work to go do it? Not many. Like, it's just, it goes to a big, bigger system than just, oh, you know, people don't want to vote. It's way more than that. Now, on this point of it, though, what's happening this year is that you're probably going to see less turnout, not because people don't want to vote, but because you got the worst candidates in world history. So... (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, I'm just scared about the whole voting thing. I, th- I think no matter what, like you guys were saying, um, I think we're all just screwed. And uh, it, it really worries me that having eight years with Obama, who I personally thought was a good president, and being he was the first black president, like that was just a remarkable thing in history. Like I remember in high school, how many of my friends were so excited for it, teachers. Like it was just such a historical thing. And it's something cool to be a part of. So, um, you know, to think that someone was in office for eight years and made changes and made strides, and I feel like people were more accepting of others because they had to be, in a sense. Not everywhere, obviously, because it doesn't change everywhere. But to think now we have Trump for four years and we might have him another four years, and he is taking away a lot of the progress that was made, it, it just it really concerns me. Like I can tell you right now, I don't want to have kids in this type of world. I mean, the economy might be suffering for many years. If voting is an issue for many years, like there's just so many things that I feel like is going to take place because of COVID and um, you know all the racial thing going on, protests, um, all the different bugs, all the different viruses. Like there's so many things going on that I feel like is going to affect. The uh, economy, the ecosystem, um, people's jobs, money—it's just—it's ridiculous. I just think it's—it's going to be a rough, yeah, man, rough like, out there ten-year patch. You know, I wouldn't say it's going to be. I would say it is, or it is right. You're like, right. Many yeah. people lost their jobs already, and mm-hmm. like if you think about things from different points of view, like what were you planning on doing this summer before COVID hit? You know, like, were you planning on going go to Florida? Are you thinking about buying a new home? Are you thinking about, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of what's happening is I feel like everybody's progress. And we have to worry about social rights, social justice, the president, the president being an idiot, you know, the, the virus. You know, all, everything is, just feels like so much. And it, it kind of... If you, if I could understand why a lot of people are going through a lot of what they're going through, because this is a lot. Being stuck inside for a while and seeing all, everything on social media with, you know, even George Floyd being killed, and even since then, uh, all the brutality that's going on and how we're so divided. It's it's a really crazy. Like for me, I was thinking about looking into buying a home. Uh, but that all got pushed back. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, it's like, 
the whole thing is is it's, it's and you know what Jamal too right now is a great time to buy a home it's like a it's a buyer's market because some people are you know trying to to move stuff around and and update or get rid of stuff if they can't afford it you know what i mean because my mom's a realtor and mm-hmm. like that's the crazy thing right now so other people's downfalls in the next you know five ten years is going to be other people's um i guess i don't know the right terminology for that they're um i guess positive things for that negative things for other people will be positive for other people because people that can't afford some of these places that they're in and have to downsize or move in with family or friends if they mm-hmm. are out of a job or their business was lost or effective you know it's it's definitely a buyer's market right now where you can get some stuff for cheap um you know things are selling fast and people are moving on stuff so it's uh it's yeah it definitely is tough so i i just i wanted to speak a little bit um, to the idea about like, you know, like, cause I understand where you were coming from with the Obama administration being a very good administration and a cool administration to kind of grow up in. I, um, I, I, I liked Obama for what he accomplished, but I was still an avid, um, outspoken individual for some of the policies that I didn't really, I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. I was against, um, I was against the, um, the internet act that he signed into play and I was against, um, uh, the the treatment of what was that? Just because I I don't know I obviously in high school I didn't really care as much about politics as I should so I didn't really follow everything as much. But what what was the Internet Act? So I don't know if you remember folks trying to make sure that we didn't get um that like a specific act in the play. Let me look it up specifically because I I don't have it at the tip of my tongue right now. But um, or I can look it up while you're talking too. I think it's like the Internet Privacy Act that was. <clears throat> net neutrality. It was net neutrality. I didn't agree with net neutrality when Obama was pushing for it, but net neutrality refers to laws and regulations which enforce the principle of net neutrality. On the 10th on. On the 10th of November, 2014, President Obama recommended that the FCC reclassify broadband internet service as a telecommunications service in order to preserve net neutrality. Oh, and then it looks like Trump then got rid of it. Trump and Trump got rid of it. Yeah. Um, okay. So hmm. here we are now. Like, um, I wasn't a big fan of it. I wasn't cool with Trump getting rid of it either because Trump did got rid of it in a way that sacrifice a bunch of other rights that we had for non-amenity and stuff like that what we're seeing with like you know like youtube dudes and their and their content and having that like you know readjust how they how they uh make money on youtube and stuff like that and what youtube can and can uh can and can't charge uh content creators for et cetera, et cetera. all of that is due to how trump uh was able to kind of cut out uh net neutrality which was like you know what i'm saying a big issue to begin with but um you know like there was other issues like there was uh the conflict over gaza strip uh, that Trump, uh, that uh, that Obama didn't really pay attention to, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to go in about Obama's issues because I had yeah. my issues with Obama. But again, I agree with you. His presidency was way better than what we have currently. But I spoke to that. Spoke, you know, what I'm saying I'm a guy that's a geek, and I pride myself on being a geek, and I love the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. One reference, one reference that comes to mind is what Vision was talking about in Civil War. 
when they were addressing whether or not the Accords were a good idea. And Vision was speaking to the idea that when the Avengers came together, they became a very powerful force. Uh, oh, I know where you're going with good. this. And then once they came together, basically that kind of set the bar for the the, the level of challenge that they invited uh, to 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 the match because you know villains see the Avengers and they have to rec- they recognize they have to be able to contend with that level of power. So they themselves seek out dangerous powers and dangerous ways and create more chaos and conflict. So just by them being together, just by them coming together the way that they do, puts the world at more risk for the dangers that they could create by folks trying to rise to the challenge and defeat them. I say that to say that's what Obama's. Um, administration, eight years of Obama's administration, represented for folks who didn't really agree with Obama for the stupid reasons like them being racist or the reasons that are larger, which is them being held accountable for taking advantage of uh, the American people for uh, for the for the the, the common dollar or the greater or for the for 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 for, for money and not for and, and not for like you know what I'm saying the well-being of others um, I'm not saying Obama was completely about that I believe Obama was definitely another industry president that was you know what I'm saying his own he was he he uh, had to uh, answer to whoever he had contracts with in in that sense and the people who put him in that in that position and power and stuff like that like he had to answer to those and i'm not mad at him for that because that's the nature of the game that's the nature of the beast like it sucks but it's the reality of this particular country and this particular government and them not being uh, completely honest with their people and us having to find stuff out via like you know what i'm saying uh, externalized unbiased news sources or folks just reporting it from the ground floor themselves like what happened with uh like i said the gaza strip or more recently what happened with libya so, like, those are all things that I keep in mind and just kind of, like, want to, like, like keep, like, want to tell you because that, like, is a very good illustration of human nature, what Vision was talking about. So, what we're seeing with Trump is literally what Vision was talking about. A level of evil that rises uh, to meet uh, the, the amount of goodness that the Obama administration may have represented for some people or just a different view. I won't say evil and good because that's my bias, but I will say just a different point of view. Yeah, and for those that listen to this that don't know Marvel and, the, and Vision, I'm, I'll just read it on there because I looked it up. He says, our very strength insights challenge challenge and insights conflict conflict breeds catastrophe so i mean that is like a very true statement in many different ways you know how you can take it and look at it um because you're exactly right so that's a very valid point um and i honestly in my opinion i think trump does kind of like conflict um and like showing his strength so you know i know the issue for a lot of people is if Trump stays in power, hey, will we have a World War Three? Um, is he gonna push that button? Is he gonna, you know, poke and prod at other countries? Are they gonna attack? You know, like you guys had said earlier, or try to do other things and intervene more than they already have. Um, so there's a lot of questions up in the air, and then other people think Biden might be weaker and not be able to handle those situations, and other people are afraid that Biden might give in other certain things and there might be chaos in that sense so i feel like either way you go uh, there's going to be some sort of craziness and chaos in both terms you know for that four-year period and till we get more people like younger generation senators like you know aoc is for example 
that get in there and make changes. And I mean, that's, that's really what's going to change it. Like, I don't see as sad as it sounds, I don't see a big change happening until at least five or 10 years down the road when someone or a group of people, senators and such make that change and say, Hey, we need to get some of these people out of here. Hey, we need to set term limits. Hey, we need to start focusing more on the poverty areas, um, you know, lower class, middle class, not the the high above the elite, um, elite and um, rich people, and try to focus on bringing up the the businesses and the um, people that are struggling. So I think there's, yeah, I think it's going to take a long time. Can I, unfortunately, for change? Um, so let me add to that as well. I I think as if we keep going with this two-party system, it's also going to be take a long time for change as well. Well, I think that Biden's administration, if Biden gets it, is the opportunity. We have four years to literally take that time to build that third party. Right. Mm-hmm. Biden gives us that level. I'm not going to say that he's going to be doing the right thing because there's a good chance that he could either further Trump's agendas or like just fall short of like you know what I'm saying enacting any like real change for um social justice agendas mm-hmm. um what I'm saying though is that if um folks are uh if biden um if Biden gets it, we have basically four years four years to take the time to start constructing what a third party looks like that represents, you know what I'm saying, the people that represents our, like, you know what I'm saying, the right stuff, and not these, like, green parties or these libertarian parties, which I need to address, like, I know people think that there are some good libertarian candidates out there, let me tell you something, libertarianism is nothing but conservatism light, like, you, it's, 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 like, anarchy with, like, you know what I'm saying, just a little degree of conservative racism, but, like, this idea of, like, you know, fair play involved. There's no fair play. Um, I, I don't want to go into it. Like, liber- libertarians are not, or, like, to stop it. Just stop that. That's not a good look. However, um, there are groups, like, you know what I'm saying, that represent a little bit more. There's some folks that kind of, like, follow, like, dudes like Cesar Chavez and, like, the kind of, like, you know, um, ideals that he kind of set up those are philosophies of the deck that we could see represented or folks like i said angela davis who i mentioned earlier in this conversation um just more uh folks that are kind of in that mentality there are people who um are trying to currently you're running i forgot what state who are like under not understudies but like have mentorships with jane elliott that are trying to get into congress like there are folks that can represent the right type of ideals and stuff like that and make sure that, you know what I'm saying, the the right people get the right type of services and, and like the right type of allocation for whatever type of like uh funding or, 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 or what have you that we would need. But folks would have to like contribute both via their money. That means that they have to pay into these particular campaigns to represent us, not to unlike what happened with Sanders. And that means people have to put in their time to make sure that they're actively voting for this particular person to make sure that they move along every year of the Biden administration to the point where they are now where we're four years into that next election start. And now they have a whole third party to contend with that isn't Republican or Democrat, and that represents the right people. I can't see that ever happening, honestly. I... Because, like you said earlier, I think, Mike, corporate, maybe it was, eh, I don't know who said it, actually, but corporations run the show, unfortunately. So, 
I I just don't see how you could start a third party with that being in place. Like I can't see anyone in that power or in those seats right now taking that away, but they literally go off like, you know, Amazon and NRA and all these different corporations that pay millions and millions of dollars to these campaigns. I mean, I, I looked at Michael Bloomberg, the amount of money he spent on his campaign going in late, the amount of money he spent on his campaign could have, um, I think that I forget how many people, what the number was, but the amount of poor people, his campaign amount could have fed and the amount of um, people out of debt could have helped. Not saying he is going to just give away his money, but that's essentially what he did jumping in the campaign late, put like $500 million, I think, into his mm. campaign to mm. not win. And it's just like, you know, America has the money and they choose where they want to spend it. You know, mm. they have the money for certain things and it depends what they want to spend it for. And if they want to spend it for their party, one or the other, that's that's what these big CEOs and corporations do. And I, I just think, I mean, it would be nice to have a third party, but I just think it would be, I don't, I don't think they would allow it to happen, as crazy as it sounds. No, I mean, they're all too many corrupt people in our system, unfortunately. And, I, and how do you guys think that would even work? Like, how would you even start to... Like, how, I don't even know. Like, how would someone even declare to start? I mean, we've been in a two-party system for so long. How would someone even declare to start a third party and, you know, breaking up the Senate and the Congress, you know, to another party and choosing what side? Like, how, how would you even? I don't even know. It's a, people it's, would it's have tough. to, people would have to, like, engage. Like, I don't want to keep quoting movies from Disney all night because we know Disney contributes <laughs> to the Trump to the Trump administration, but not for nothing. That's what they were talking about in um, uh, episode nine. Uh, the idea of the empire um, doing all this extra shit to kind of make people feel alone. Like they, like they're, like they're not, like they're alone and they, that they can't win and that they're mm -hmm. outnumbered. That's, that's not the case. Like we literally have to just, the, the re, like I see shit all the time. The, the, the way that the game fucks up for them is the minute we stand up and let them and stop having them play on our backs. Like, it's it literally has to be like a lot of people. Now I don't see millions of people coming together for a common cause like that in this day and age when everybody's literally about self. But I right. do see that there's enough people that are concerned uh, with the way things are, and I believe that if we could tap into those people and make more of um create more of opportunities for those people to kind of have resource network and actually reach out to each other and create that uh like 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 things like this podcast for instance you know giving people an outlet to kind of have these kind of conversations and start talking to people and bridging gaps um all over spots like you know like um that that is a way that we can like you know what i'm saying enact that particular change like i read a lot of like you know, I, don't, I don't read enough angela davis but from what i have read it's kind of like you know you have to go into this you know like with the expect uh expecting to fail and and but still like working as hard as you can to achieve your goals and stuff like that and it's like you can't go into any type of situation whether it's voting or whether it's like you know like um uh social social justice and uh and uh and activism like when you go on down and you're doing those you're going down that route you have to understand that 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 it's a it, it's it's a war that's winnable but it's still a war of attrition 
and uh, it's going to it's going to take your energy. It's going to take your resources to kind of stay in it, and and be able to fight it. And it's gonna it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of effort. It's gonna take a tremendous amount of effort. And for the the change that we're looking for, it's going to probably take the most effort that we've ever put into anything in our lives. And mm-hmm. when people are ready to accept that, regardless, like you know, saying there's enough people, enough people can accept that frame of mind. I believe that they're out there. They will, um, in fact, you know, usher forward and, um, you know, what I'm saying, go about what it looks like bringing about such a change. Mm-hmm. But you gotta, you, I, I don't want to keep the faith because it's, it's like it's it's silly because I'm not thinking about it from a like a, a optimist's frame of thinking. I'm thinking yeah. from it from more of a like you know, just somebody who I personally like. I've seen the results on a personal level and I believe and find and find uh, comfort in the facts I'm able to find and like, you know, saying uh, just like the, the wisdom of folks that came before me, uh, my Huey Newtons, my uh, Fred Hamptons, and, and of course, again, my, my, my queen, Miss Angela Davis. Jamal, what about you? Repeat the question. Um, well, I was just, I was basically, I guess I kind of went off on a rant, but how do you think, like, the generalization of it is, how do you think you would start by even starting a third party? Oh, God. Being it. we've been a two party and, you know, for so long, and being it, it's in the oil industry, corporations, businesses, all their pockets, you know, they kind of control the economy, a sense, you know. I mean, if you really look at it, right, there are a lot of parties out there that don't have as much steam as Republican or Democratic parties. How many do we have total? Do you know? It's, okay. you, if you want to start a new party right now, you could do it. Oh, okay. I, I, I really don't know uh, the number. Or if there is a number, it could Because be. there's Libertarian and Independent are two of the ones that we've had well, run previously, well, I suppose. I voted as an Independent. Right, independent isn't necessarily a single party. Like you could be, you could believe in something specific, but go under the um, independent brand because your specific a party isn't known or whatever. Yeah, okay. So, um, I I wouldn't know where to begin to try to change things. I don't know if adding a third party would be what's best. I, I have no idea. But I do know that we need to start trying something new. You know, it's 2020. A lot of the views that our country has are from the 1800s or the mm-hmm. early 1900s. We, we have to start evolving with the times. A lot of our amendments, a lot of our laws could really use some sprucing up. You know, it could really use a little change. Um, so I, I, I don't know which party is going to do whatever, who's going to be around, but whichever party is looking towards the future and not as much towards the past uh, to, to make change and not to hold on to the past, I think that's the party that the people will, will need in the future. I mean, that's so hard, too, because I feel like both parties, like you said, the, the views and the values of each party are so old, but I feel like 
there's so many people that have different views and opinions that don't agree with their party to the fullest extent. But if, if it's like a 10% of what they feel, they're going to go with that party. Like there's some people that don't even like Republicans. They just like Trump. There's some people that hate Trump that just like being the Republican because of some of their views. There's some people that were Democratic that don't like, that didn't like Obama. Um, they just voted because it was Democratic. Or some people actually, didn't care Obama. They just voted because he was black. Or some people vote because someone's white. Like some people just, or because they're a woman. Some people just vote just because they want to and don't even pay attention to what the person stands for, their values or their party, you know? So it's it's crazy. I did hear something about Fox News getting ready to put out a uh, <clears throat> um, an anti-Trump um, by re- oh. like Republicans uh, like message. Like they're having like a lot of Republicans who are who are anti-Trump speak out against him. Uh, and uh, really, that that's interesting. Word, yeah, and they're going to and they're going to air it on Fox, and I feel like they're at a point right now where with call, with all of the um the fuck ups that they've been having recently. I don't know if you've been watching about uh, how they've been like uh, getting called out there for gaslighting, like a lot of negative shit that's been in the um like in the 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 news with uh, the the looting, like calling mm-hmm. protesters looters and stuff like that and using like videos from different uh pro uh, different riots from different cities and saying that it's like you know minneapolis like wow shit like that um they've been uh i guess they're getting ready to make an about face and start um i guess um reflecting the idea that they they recognize that trump might be um really fucking up and that's kind of like i'm hoping like enough because like trump has done some really terrible things and i feel like at this particular point i don't feel as confident as i did before for about whether or not trump is going to win the election i did feel like yeah like you know before we were going into the summer not even before we were going into 2020 i felt like he was pretty much a shoo-in unless something dramatic happens and then lo and behold a lot of things that dramatically happened like even with covid out and all this shit that's going on i still saw that this man did some stupid shit where um we have uh, where he um allow or Putin ended up allowing uh, uh paying for uh, American soldiers to be killed, spending one hundred twenty thousand dollars per soldier's head and having them killed, um and that Trump didn't uh, supposedly didn't know about it and he still hasn't spoken out against Putin or he still hasn't spoken out against Russia, like but Putin did this to us, so. People see that. That's like I can't. That can't be more of a blatant traitorous act and treasonous act that I've ever seen. And the fact that you know what I'm saying, it, it it has been barely touched upon. I feel like it's okay if it doesn't come out or we talk about it now. That's one thing I'm cool with because I know that the election's coming up, and as soon as it does, Biden will be a fucking fool not to bring up the fact that Trump had Americans or basically. Um, because of his uh, fucking presidency, uh, Putin felt so inclined to have American soldiers killed. Yeah, that's that's not right. I mean, obviously he has a, some sort of relationship with Putin, and I know Putin just got reelected again, supposedly, or something like that, for like the third time. Um, yeah. So I think they have a very strong connection, which is kind of worrisome, but... Um, I mean, 
I don't know. Russia likes to meddle and stuff, but they also, from my understanding, have very good. Um, they're a good ally in terms of war. I mean, I don't know if, you know, I don't know. I feel like Trump and him go back and forth, so I don't know if they would necessarily do anything. But for a while, you know, our tensions were high with Korea, so it's always, you know, questioning to know how the president is going to react and who their allies are going to be because we don't i feel like we don't have as many as we used to and that's a little no. concerning so, no we, we barely have any sure. and then trump yeah. made everything pretty clear about him drawing out of like nuclear arms deals and drawing out of um you know saying uh, uh environmental packs like it's it's all fucked and like he's yeah. gotta go like he's got to go yeah, I'm crossing my fingers on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so basically, August first, um, a, a, a friend of mine who uh, goes by the name of DJ Capewalk, he's putting together an event uh, uh, under the moniker with a, with a, another group of individuals, and they're calling it the the Black Cake Collective where we're getting ready to feed the homeless and do a march from Donnelly Field out in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts uh, to the uh, to uh, Believe City Hall and um, it's going to be an event with a little bit of music, a little bit of spoken word and of course the marching but also just uh, you know like again we're putting together homeless kits uh, for uh, or putting together uh, care kits for homeless folks um, and that's going on on in Boston. And if you'd uh, like a little bit more information, um, you can follow my page um, on uh, Facebook. I'm known as Mike Washington, or you can follow me on I on Instagram. I am uh, Mr. Mr. King Seven Twelve. Uh, it's M R M I S T A H K I N G Seven One Two at uh, Instagram, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you can follow me there if you're looking to donate or if you're just looking for any other means or sources of uh, information and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the uh, time and I appreciate the, the allowance for such a shameless plug. And, and when, uh, what's the date? August 1st, which is a Saturday, uh, around uh, 3 p.m. Uh, I think people are meeting and 4 p.m. the event will actually start. Thank you for listening to Social Justice, the New American Revolution. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the latest episode. And if you want to be heard, email us at the socialjusticepodcast at gmail.com.